episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on September the 28th, 2021. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, a gunslinger himself, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we're going to be talking about our September game club, Call of Far as Gunslinger. We will be revealing to you the game club for the month of October. Marvel's Avengers is coming to Game Pass this month. <laughs> China bans live streaming by children under the age of 16. Twitch is reportedly launching new security tools to combat hate raids. Looks like Apple won't be letting Fortnite back on its devices anytime soon. And from our community corner, we got a tweet this week from someone about a change.org petition that is warning Activision. Finally, if timestamps allow, or timestamps, if time allows, we will be having a Steam Discovery queue. We got a decent amount of topics on there, though, so we will see. Uh, and timestamps. There they are. There they are. We'll be in the show notes following their respective topics. Uh, I said, our, our almighty editor remembers, and I don't have to prod him. Oh, you called me almighty. I appreciate that. Well, broken clock. Stroking my ego. Among other things. Wink. Ugh. How you doing, buddy? Well, I suddenly want to shoot myself. Can't imagine why. <laughs> uh, yep. That's fair. I will I will take that on the chin or something. I'm not stepping into that one. Yeah, probably probably a good idea not to. Um How uh, how has your past week been? Uh been all right. Uh kind of crammed for Call of War Res, but uh that's kind of by design because the game is somewhat short and I've played it before, so it's more of a refresher than anything else. Yeah, I kind of accidentally crammed to uh Did you beat the game? I did beat the game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll go full sporific this time, <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, other than Call of Juarez, I haven't done too much of anything. Uh, listeners will note that there were no games played this week, because the only new game I played was Call of Juarez. Um, I got yeah. a couple on the docket for next week, though. My, my dry spell with new games will be ending next week. Yeah, I've uh, been still chugging around on SnowRunner. Um, coming up on the end of one of the first DLC maps, uh, probably in the next week or two, and also uh, poking around on Game Pass stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Similar. Uh, I, I, I think I have a double header coming up next week. Yeah. And I Similar. already kind of teased one last week, but yeah. Yeah. Similar for me with SnowRunner, um, you are farther on the DLC maps than I am, but I'm pretty close to finishing Alaska, um, and um, you know I've been tootling around on that. And then I still have been playing a lot of Mech HQ, just making sure I understand the entire tool set because we started getting ready to uh, actually do that RPG or run the RPG game. So I'm like, all right, I got to know how all these fucking tools work. So. It's got some weird stuff in terms of like it's it's just like a Java script game, a Java game. I don't know the right way to say it, but it's got some oddities. With uh, like one save step files. up from a flash game, right? But it's got some oddities with save files, and for some reason, if you put like files, save files in like a Google Drive folder, and just have it have the game installed on multiple computers, and then just pull the save files, it tends to corrupt them. <laughs> So, Whoops. 
I don't know how or why. It just eventually will pop up and be like, oh, there was an error. Go to the log file. And you go look at the log file and you get, I mean, maybe someone who uh, understands JavaScript could figure out what was wrong with it. But I stare at it like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what any of this means. Is this English? It seems to run on some form of electricity. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so. I lost a really, like, a long-standing save file that I had. Uh, I lost two of them, actually. So, can't can't be having that with the RPG stuff. Can't lose their entire fucking save. I actually got it running out of flash drive and, like, like, quarantined it away from everything. Seems to be working so far. But anyways, I'm, you know. That's, that, that was what occupied a lot of my time this past week. Whereas, uh, Call of Juarez, huh? huh? Yeah. Didn't so much, because the game is fairly short. Um, well, at least, uh, yeah, the primary game mode, but uh, we'll get into that. So, uh, Game Club? Yeah, Game Club. So, Game Club, for anyone who is new to our podcast, um, or... I don't know, has been, like, doing hardcore drugs for years and is just coming out of their stupor. It's where Rage and I (laughs) plan to play the same game at the same time and discuss about it. Usually full spoilers, uh, no holds barred. Occasionally we have held some stuff back on the game club, but I don't think we're going to be doing that this week. Uh, For the month of September, we played played? Call of Juarez Gunslinger, which uh, was a most excellent game. I want to say... Right off the top, before we go talk about it, this game is really thoroughly, I think would be thoroughly ruined if you didn't, like, if you didn't go into it as blind as possible. So, I want to say that I love this game. It's going to be a top contender this year for the VGL Podcast Awards. If you haven't played it and you think there's a chance you might, go play it before you listen Especially to Especially since like, you it will... goes on sale pretty damn cheap regularly. Yeah, you will appreciate it. It is... If you have any love for FPSs, or doubly so if you love the Old West or certain narration, uh, 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 play with narration. And that's uh, borderline spoilers, but uh, that's about as close as I could get without uh, going into full-on spoiler mode, which, right? Yep. If you're someone who's ever listened to me talk about ludology... And think, oh wow, that's really interesting. Then this is a game for you to play as spoiler-free as possible. So, with that sort of boiler point disclaimer out of the way, we're about to dive in and spoil everything and talk about this lovely, lovely, interesting, at times weird experience. Yeah, and this has been on the Master Game Club list since its inception, pretty much. For years. Oh, goodness. I'm kind of glad we. Been, there's been several times I put it up in the choosing. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that we've waited though. It's one of those things that it's like I loved it. I kind of wish I'd played it sooner, but also I'm glad I waited because it's like the if I'd played this say three or four years ago before I understood and knew quite as much as I did and had studied about like film and storytelling and concepts like ludology and things like that. While it would have been neat, I think some of that would have been lost on me. So. I'm glad that, you know, overall, I think I'm more glad than sad that it took us a while to play it. Um, 
I guess starting with a little bit of backstory, Call of Juarez Gunslinger is the last game that has been made in the Call of Juarez fl- franchise. Yeah, and the- it uh, uh, has a loose connection, but not a... Uh, it's in the same universe, but there's not a strong connection to really any of the other Old West versions of Call of War, Call, the Call of Juarez series. Yeah, the first two Call of Juarez games, uh, the first aptly titled Call of Juarez and the second one, Call of Juarez Bound in Blood, are set in the Old West. Um, very good games. Uh, the first one is better than the second one, in my opinion. I remember it being much more memorable. It did some really interesting gameplay things with alternating characters and you know sort of first person like the entire game not being cut scenes but being played out in first person and do you know doing the half-life 2 thing because half-life 2 came out in what 2004 2001 i thought it was 2001 maybe maybe it was even sooner than i'm thinking of but call of juarez came out in i think 2005 or 2006 oh no 2004 i'm probably thinking something else for 2001 yeah yeah but so um, I, I think that this in some ways was inspired by Half-Life and Half-Life 2 with the way that they, you know, stayed in first person the entire time. Um, but Call of Juarez is excellent. Bound in Blood is good, but ultimately less memorable. Then the third game, Call of Juarez, the cartel. Wasn't that the one that had a big uh, uh, to do with uh, being a very racist? The cartel? I remember. Or Bound in Blood. Uh Call of War as the cartel, I think. Yeah, it so it's set in um, modern times for when the game came out, like the 2010s or something like that. Um, and it's like doing some Old West themes and motifs, but it's a modern military shooter, uh, more or less, and it's very racist. Um, you're in uh it, i haven't played it all, all of this stuff i'm kind of remembering from like zero punctuation and a few other things but it's like you're um like dea agents in the border town of juarez like chasing cartel people and it just it's of its of its decade of its time you know like it feels weird to say that because it's only like 10 or 12 years ago but so much has fucking t- changed in the last decade with how we approach this kind of stuff it, it was still very much of that period where it's like Gay jokes were the norm and, you know, shitting on other cultures that weren't America was, like, the cool thing to do mm-hmm. for everybody, not just, uh, you know, the hardcore right-wing assholes. But it was a bad game. It was terrible. It was it was critically panned. It was probably what killed the series. Um, okay, they went I, back... I, I went and did a little bit of research. It looks like the cartel... Basically, extra credits went hardcore on this game. It's the most racist thing I've ever played from a major publisher, and several other places picked that up, and that's probably where I remember it from. Gotcha. But it was it was a, a huge flop. It was critically panned. It was a commercial flop. Probably was what led to the death of the series. Gunslinger um, was, after they did a poll... Uh, game made by Ubisoft, whether or not made published by Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a poll done and some teasing done about how, like, oh no, we're gonna go back to the old west and look. Here's a tease of some of the people that we're gonna feature in our game, like Jesse James and, um, you know, other outlaws. Who, even though I have just played for 
two days, like a bunch <laughs> of outlaws, like they have sort of left my brain. But you know, this whole list of outlaws, uh, pretty much every single outlaw. Yeah, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid and Jesse James and um, the Plinkertons and mm. you know, on and on and on. Um, all the the highlights, sort of the that Western sort of mythos of the uh, the outlaw, uh, you know, outlaws. But anyways, um, so then Gunslinger came out, critically successful, not commercially successful. Um, you know, I just think too much damage had been done to the franchise by that point. Yeah, let's just put it this way. So I went to the Colorado's, uh, uh, Wikipedia page and it gives a good aggregate review score, so... Uh, Colorado the first one, 2006, uh, Metacritic 72 out of a hundred for PC, 71 out of a hundred for, uh, Xbox. And I don't like using Metacritic, but it's what they're using. So yeah. Bound Blood 78, uh, uh, 78, 77 uh, out of a hundred for PC, PS3 and, uh, Xbox 360, uh, respectively. The Cartel. 51, 45, 47. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Gunslinger is back up to 79, 75, 76, 72. Yeah. But again, you know, I, I just think too much damage was done to the series with the cartel and Gunslinger when it didn't perform, you know, wasn't as commercially successful as they, I'm sure, wanted. Uh, they canned the franchise. Yeah, which... Yeah, they pretty much poisoned the well with the cartel, and uh, it seems like Gunslinger has kind of become a cult hit over the years, just with uh, you know, that long tail, and also the fact that it drops down to sub five dollars several times a year. Yeah, but um, so the game itself uh, is a first-person shooter with some light RPG mechanics. Um, you gather XP that you can spend on some basic skills related to your three uh, primary weapons. Um, and it, there can be some extra effects from these as well. It's not, they're, they're not exclusively tied to the weapons. And from what I can tell, unless it specifically says, you know, affects whatever weapon, then it's a boost that affects everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's first person shooter. Uh, the sort of premise is that your, uh, Silas Greaves, Silas Greaves, um, is uh which is a fun fun <laughs> thing like a thematic name yeah but but anyways um your character has uh, been chasing some some people to get revenge on them um, your he classic turns up revenge in this pro- a plot yeah he turns up in this saloon and is you know in having a few drinks with people there and telling them the story of his you know his adventures and you're playing the adventures while he tells them to uh, this group of patrons at the bar. Yeah, there's uh, Ben uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. And yep. no, I'm not joking. The president. No, or future president. Yep, future president Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, uh, Jack. Uh, and I, I'm blanking on the, the woman's name. Is it Molly? Uh, damn it. Now, now I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. It's basically a group of... Uh, four characters that you only really see mostly in just these single frame, you know, cutscenes. And the entire thing is played out like a uh, old 
comic book where uh, it's very limited animation uh, with voiceover. And it's done excellently. Yeah. Uh, and, and they and they really set the theme uh, of this being kind of the twilight of the Wild West because the intro is uh, the main character is almost yeah, uh, thrown off his horse by a car driving by. Yeah. It's 1910, by the way. So, yeah, uh, uh, the age of the Cowboys coming to the end. And uh, pretty soon we're going to see World War One, and right? Yeah. Um, the main, uh, I don't want to say gimmick. I feel like they do it in such a way that it's not just a gimmick. But the main sort of uh, thing that sets this game apart, How about Hook? I guess. Yeah, the hook of this game is that the stories that are being told are being told by unreliable narrators. So, primarily, Silas is telling the story, but occasionally, one of the other characters will interject. For example, Dwight. uh, Who is a big fan of the Dom novels, which was uh, essentially the comic books of the day. Yeah, he pipes in a few times. He's like, oh, I read about this. This happened. And then uh, there's another couple times that, you know, the other characters will chime in, like... Some, an event that they were all at together and they're sort of telling their version of the story. So unreliable narrators. And as you're playing, things change. And sometimes there's small things like, um, you know, there's one part early on where that you're running across some rooftops and it's like, how'd you get across the roof? And he's like, oh, there was, uh, I forget exactly how he uh, says it. But- uh, th- uh, there was a ladder I didn't notice until that moment. Yeah. And then and like I- a ladder sort of falls out of the sky in place for you to climb down and give you access to a path that there wasn't access to before. So there's there's sometimes that it's small like that, or, you know, like a tree will fall down or a rock will move or something like that. Then there are um, bigger moments where that it will do something and then kind of rewind you a moment. So at, at the very beginning of the game, um, you or in, in, like, the first level, you go into a barn, and you're supposed to be, like, confronting, like, the sheriff that's trying to capture you, and is this with Billy the Kid? Uh, is Billy the Kid the first yeah. one? Yeah, so you're, you're like, you're you're with Billy, like, you're uh, part of Billy the Kid's, like, posse. And, and it's Molly, going by to, the way. Yeah, Molly, okay. And, but as, and you're, like, going to round up the horses to try to escape, and, like, the sheriff shows up, and Dwight pipes in, he's like, oh, yeah, I read about this in the Dime novels. You had a showdown, you gave him an honorable death, and then you use the game's. Uh, this is where it introduces the dueling mechanic, which you, is which... a holdover from the other ones. But this one, uh, it uh, splits the uh, duel into two parts: a focus mechanic and a speed mechanic, where you're kind of controlling the cursor while also trying to keep your hand near your gun as it slowly lowers towards it. And yeah. the more that you keep the cursor uh, also active on the uh, on your target. And the more that you keep your hand near your gun as it reaches down, the higher both your focus and your speed uh, goes up, which uh, reflects on how quickly you draw your gun, but also how quickly your uh, your aim comes into focus to be able to shoot the opponent. Mind you, you don't exactly have to be honorable in this. You do take a point hit and an experience hit, but you can just gun down somebody. Yeah. But so, so you do that scene, like you have the duel with the sheriff and you kill him. 
And then Silas is like, nah, kid, that ain't how it happened. And it rewinds. It does the rewind sound, sort of plays everything back. Like a VCR. Yeah, like a VCR. Like, you know, and it goes back like 30 seconds. You run into the barn again, and this time he, like, clocks you. Yeah, cold clocks. He he, He pistol whips you and knocks you out. And he's like, wait a second, that's not what the novel said. And he's like, well, kid, they don't always tell it straight, like in the novels. So this sets you up initially to believe Silas, which I love this. I, I, I'm going to have to be careful because I want to talk about all of this in like one go, how this <laughs> t- does its storytelling. But so, you know, there's moments like that. There's a huge moment in the, um, is it the third level? You're going into a, a mine. Yeah. Um, the, the, you're chasing after basically like a dirty cop who's been like exploiting people in the town and you get hired by a, a group of, uh, I don't remember what it was, like vigilantes or something. I was like, yeah, you know, the, the sheriff's actually an outlaw. Go take him out. And yeah, so you it go. Was, uh, the Magnificent One, uh, episode three. The game is split into various episodes. Yeah. Um, but so you, you chase after him and he's in this mine and you get to an area and it's like, so I had a couple of choices about what I was going to go. My first thought was to go down just straight in the main mine shaft. And there's like a little bridge that, you know, appears and you go across and you go through, I don't know, 10 minutes of level. And he's like telling that, you know, he, he's piping in and he's talking mm-hmm. about stuff. You know, and talking about how the, the mine shaft is laced with dynamite and you have to be careful. Otherwise, you're going to blow yourself to kingdom come. And yeah. And you get to the end of it and you like there's an explosion and you like jump out of the cave and shoot a few people and then you get hit with a minecart and die. And he's like, but I knew that idea was just as moronic as it was suicidal. <laughs> and again, it rewinds you all the way back. And he's like, so, but luckily I looked over and there was a ladder I had missed before or something like that. And you, you know, you climb down a ladder and it reveals an alternate path, which is the actual way to go. And then there's a, uh, another option where you can take an elevator down and get jumped or circle around. And uh, he'll talk about if you circle around. Well, since I was already warmed up, I figured I could use the exercise and get the drop on them. And you circle around behind these guys and just blast them away. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, that's that's the option that I picked. Uh, uh-huh. The same, but I was also playing in game plus mode, which we kind of glossed over. There's three main modes. There's the story mode, which is 10 or so hours long. I mean, it's not terribly long, but also doesn't overstay its welcome, you know? Yeah, I don't uh, even think it's 10 hours long. Well, first time through, uh, with a, counting a few deaths and that sort of thing. Um, the There's an arcade mode where you go through the levels again as a kind of a score attack, and then you can pl- replay the duels. Once again, for score. Yeah. But I was going in with Game Plus, which I already had all my skills unlocked, so... I was basically playing as Silas Greaves described it, you know, just a one-man army. <laughs> yeah. According to this uh, completion... Um, how long to beat? Yeah, how long to beat. Uh, main story, just over five hours. Which tracks... It took me about six hours to play through it. Steam says I've played for ten hours, but mm-hmm. it. Well, I started at four, because that would have been ran by an idle bot once, once upon a time. So it took me about six hours to play through the story. Which probably is why it has quite a few negative reviews. Or, uh, yeah, uh, I guess 70 is not a terrible review for 
2013, but these days, right? Yeah. Um, but so that's, that's its sort of main gimmick, I suppose you could say, is that it's an unreliable narrator, and it does use it, utilizes the gameplay mechanics, the Ludo narrative, um, in a way that you just don't see very often with games. Yeah, and it's, why haven't it's we seen a, a, another game steal this? Because, oh, damn. Uh, the, 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 there's two levels that really show it off, and that's the bank and the train. Yes. Well, which train? Uh, there's two uh, trains. Oh, the, the train where uh, the narrator actually gets up for time. Oh, okay, where you're, where you're going after Jesse James. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he gets up and he walks away, and you listen to the other characters talk <laughs> while you're going through a couple of, like, empty rail cars. Yeah. Talking about him. Uh-huh. I thought that was yeah. just brilliant. They did. A, there's a couple other small moments, too. Like, they're on the level with the swamp. Whenever, um, what's his name? Steve, uh, falls asleep. Yeah. And so when they wake him up <laughs> and he's like, so there, there I was, the Apache showed up. I was like, wait, there were Apache. And you, you spend like, I don't know, 30 seconds fighting them. And in your head, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And they're like, wait, there were Indians. And he's like, nah, I was just making sure you were paying attention. And they uh, all just like poof away. Uh, sort of like, uh, the stagecoach where you were fighting Indians. Uh, but it was because they did. Uh, he misspoke, and it was the bandits attacking him Apache style. So, yeah. So it all poofs away, and then you're uh, it replaces them with the uh, uh, the actual bandits instead of Native Americans. Yeah. Like moments like that. There's lots of little things like that dotted throughout. Um, and then there's those few big moments, like you said, you know, when he walks away and goes to the bathroom and, and they talk about him while you play the game. Um, or doing the bank mission, like three different ways. Yes. Which was really interesting. Um, just cause it's, I mean, it really is three drastically different ways. And probably uh, not of them the truth. <laughs> No, probably not. Uh, but that kind of sets up where we're going with the story as well, is that, uh, you know, it's this idea of the Old West being romanticized and, you know, all the stories being, you know, uh, that negative truth, which there's uh, pieces of historical stuff that you can find in the game as nuggets of truth that tells you more about, you know, various characters and what actually happened to them, what they were actually like, which is a nice little collectible outside of just, you know, being something to grab. Uh, yeah. But the truth probably is somewhere in between uh, the legend and what history said. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's um, there's a podcast I listen to called Our Fake History. It's huge. I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, a number of, of our listeners have heard it before and, and maybe even actively listened to it. But it, it's the, you know, that's sort of the thesis statement for the entire podcast is it's like you know what what's the what's truth what's not truth and what's such a good story that we have to tell it anyways you know like where does the actual truth lie somewhere probably between these myths and what we can find in historical record and he did several episodes on the old west and you know characters from the old west like jesse james and stuff and jesse james and billy the kid and a couple others so, but yeah, it's, it very much leans on that idea of the, the mythologize, you know, the, the mythology of the West, 
Um, kind of like how we have romanticized, like, you know, the age of sail and pirates, like the same thing with, with, uh, cowboys and outlaws. And... No, time traveling pirates totally was a thing. <laughs> right. Um, but anyways, the, the story itself, I, I, I think I'm, I'm ready to talk about this if, yeah. if you're okay. So the story itself is told in a very interesting way, like thematically. So it starts out fairly grounded. Um, well, also it, it's he, not told in uh, linear old, uh, uh, in chronological order either. You have to. No, I was, was going to get to that. It doesn't get to the actual story for quite a few episodes, actually. Yeah. But I was, it starts off fairly grounded and you have sort of laying the groundwork both for the old West, um, to anyone who's perhaps not, you know, like a, a historian or has much more than a passing interest in it. You know, it lays out the groundwork for the West. You start with some very familiar characters like Billy the Kid. I think everybody knows who Billy the Kid is mm-hmm. at least or has heard of him, you know? Um, and so your character is like just a part of the posse, you know, helping out, doing what he needs to do. Um, to, to survive and get by, you know, and some of the stuff you can recognize as a gamer is like, okay, this is just like, you know, they're adding extra enemies for, for the gameplay variety, but he's telling this story. Like it was just a few guys, you know, and doing a task and he was scared and, Mm -hmm. you know, saw some, some people that he knew and liked die. Like it's very grounded. And then you get the thing with the sheriff where that you have like the fanciful like showdown at high noon thing, and then he's like, "Nah, kid, that's not how it went down." And it goes back and it shows him getting like knocked out, um, and then waking up in jail, waking uh, up in uh, jail, like he's, like he's in the beginning of an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so it 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 brings you in initially. Like this is this is a, a, a storytelling mechanic. Generally speaking, not just for the game, but a way that you can tell stories and a way that you can get people to trust you with things that maybe they shouldn't, um, which is that you start very grounded, very small. You make yourself seem extremely relatable, and that's how the story starts. And the first few levels where it's introducing these ideas of the unreliable narrator with, you know, the, like you said earlier, that he misspoke. Um, and so instead of it being Apache... Um, Indian warriors going after him. He's like, no, no, no. I, I said it was like that. And that, you know, it, so it replaces it with the regular, you know, bandits. And then the thing about the mine is he's kind of musing. It's played up as like, he's kind of musing on what it would have been like to go down the main shaft. But then actually he did the smart thing and went around. So it, it spends three ish chapters, sort of the first third of the game, you know, the first act, I guess, really drawing you the player in and also within the game you know drawing in the people who are sitting here listening to him tell the story and in the second act are where things start to dip into that like mythology area like okay like so these aren't the way that things are talked about in in history you know but it he's like i was there this is my eyewitness account and you start to get things that are a little weird like um you know the bank heist going a few different ways um and talking about like some of the feuds, the whole deal with the swamp, like going into the swamp and finding like the crashed riverboat and the, the Gatling gun, um, being on there, you know, like, okay, that seems like a bit of a stretch, but still kind of, you know, within this romanticized idea, like it seems plausible to someone who, you know, sort of fascinated with the idea of the old West. And then we get into the third, um, <laughs> act of the story where it just goes 
off bonkers. The rails. Yeah. Uh, way off the rails, literally and metaphorically, since <laughs> I, I think that that really, it starts kind of with the Native American thing. When I forget what the guy is uh, that he's Grey chasing Wolf. after. Gray Wolf. It kind of starts with that, but it's like you can, you can almost buy it. Like it, it uses sort of the mysticism aspects of, of Native, Native American spiritualism. And, and also the fact of, that, uh, he relates something that's completely different than what Gray Wolf said in the level. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, 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 it gets you to sort of tiptoe over the edge with the spiritualism angle. Like, okay, he's like having some kind of trip or whatever. Like, that's fine. Like, and then it goes off the rails. And suddenly there are way more enemies and it gets way more bombastic and way more like just total fabrications from history. Um, you know, that he's telling as a part of his story and the players or the, the, the people who are listening to him are like, okay, like this is like some bullshit. Like this is a, they call it a fairy tale. Like somebody calls it a fairy tale. And he stops really sort of, def- for a while he's defending himself, uh, Silas, and then he stops defending himself, and at one point he sings, Oh, Death. Yeah. Um, uh, which creepily, that was by the way. Really creepy. Jeez, like, I got, like, I got, like, chills do it playing that. <laughs> um, well, so- well, this is also the part where he's also messing with one of the characters directly. Yes. And that's... I, it's it starts out really subtle, and I was like, okay, hang on a second. Is that is he the guy? Because he's trying to chase. So his story, Silas grieves, is that he and his two brothers uh, were were hung and left for yeah, dead. Yeah, they were running cattle and essentially robbed. Yeah, they were they were robbed, hung, and left for dead. And his two brothers died because and, they were bigger. Because they were bigger, and so they. Um, like they weren't hung properly, so it didn't break their necks. They were choking to death, but the three of them were enough weight that it broke the tree branch. But because they were bigger, they choked to death first, and so he survived, and his two brothers died. And, and he's been chasing down his entire life the gang that did that to him, so that he can get revenge by killing them. And don't forget, uh, the they were real bastards to him. They left him a, an old Spanish coin with the uh the ending word saying. Well, don't uh, let me say I never left you with nothing. Put it in his yeah. mouth and then scared the horses off and left them to choke until the branch broke. But his two brothers were already dead. Uh, so he was after Bob and Jim. Yep. Um, and he kills Jim in the middle, you know, in the middle of his adventures. Uh, but it's told out of order. So that happens later in the story than it should have on the time scale. Um and then the Bob, he's going after Bob, and Bob is what was his name? Ben. Mm-hmm. In the in the bar, in the bar, there's this character named Ben who turns out to be Bob. But I mean, there's really no way you could have figured that out until like the third act, and Silas starts dropping some hints mm-hmm. and is like sort of pulling some information out of him. Well, there's um, also a couple times that the uh, loading screen tips they. Uh, uh, talk about silas suspecting something oh right. i didn't i didn't read those well i didn't pay attention to him my first time through and when i was going through again i noticed it oh okay uh, so, but that's kind of the pc tax of oh well we don't get to see those that much because right yeah the game's installed on my ssd it loads in like seconds uh, and i'm a fast reader but not that fast 
So, but there, there are these hints that are being dropped throughout. And as the story gets more bombastic, you know, he's sort of making direct call outs and direct jabs at this Bob guy, you know, sort of starting to tip his uh, hand. Ben. He's, or Ben. Okay. At, and, you know. and the entire time he's kind of nudging Ben anyway, you know, uh, constantly uh, like agitating him. Yeah. And as he gets more, more out there, uh, you know, he's kind of nudging him again. And then the moment uh, where the shoe drops, as he mentions Jim Reed, while yeah. Salas never mentioned the guy's last name. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like, okay, it's like, I got him, you know. <laughs> but it's just, it's really, it's done so well. Just, mwah. I love it. The build up, the crescendo, sort of the, the drop at the end. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but and also the that way last that, level, yeah, uh, where you're like fighting the ghosts of your past. Yeah, literally, that's what he describes yeah. it. He's literally fighting the ghosts of his past. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I mean, that's that all. Like while you're playing it in gameplay, that's very clearly metaphorical. Like he's yeah. struggling with the decision. Like it's foreshadowing the ending decision you get to make um, as he struggles with the de- his you know the demons of his past. But yeah, the story just there's so much you know beyond you know besides just like the sort of rom- romanticization of the West, um, there's all these themes that are dropped in and sort of like teased out and explored through the story. You know the idea of like, like you know he's dealing with his demons, how he uses gameplay to portray that in that final level. Like we were just saying, like you go from fighting regular enemies to just fighting ghosts. Um, you know, and he they're actual like ghost or spectral enemies yeah, instead of yeah and one of the characters are talking about well uh my uh, uh grandpappy uh, uh talked to dogs for the rest of his life whenever he hurt his head yeah <laughs> and they're sort of like making fun of him but it's like he's you know metaphorically working through his demons there but it's boy it's good there's so much in here it deserves like it deserves a, a second playthrough where that I can look for additional things mm-hmm. that um you know uh, especially, I might have uh, missed the especially first time in around. game plus mode. <laughs> yeah. Um so the ending of the game, you get through all of this stuff and then Silas reveals that he knows that Ben is the guy he's been chasing all these years. And you as the character get to make the final decision. Do you kill him to get your revenge or do you let him go and show him mercy and I guess sort of redeem your character. Yeah, because uh, especially towards, uh, uh, not the la- that last level, because that goes completely bonkers, but even the one before that, you know, he's talking about how much he hates uh, what he's become and how he's become even worse than what the pre- people he's chasing uh, were. Yeah. So what did, I know you've played through it at least, I guess, twice now. Yeah, I mean, what I... Did- I, I, I t- I typically take the redemption ending instead of the revenge, even though it is a revenge story. Uh, it has uh, a, a more cohesive uh, tone to it to, uh, than uh, the revenge. Uh, did you uh, look at both? Uh, no, I did not. I picked the revenge ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the violence, violence begats violence achievement, which is yeah. kill your nemesis honorably in a duel. I don't know if you kill him unhonorably, if there's a different achievement, but... Or dishonorably. Yeah, but, but. The, your nemesis is also north of 70, so yeah. 
It's an incredibly easy duel. Well, yeah, yes. Gameplay-wise, it's very <laughs> easy. But your character also is, like, in his 60s. Yeah. He says that he's he's an old man, like, he, mm-hmm. you know, in his 60s trudging through the swamp or something like that. Like, he says on that last level. Yeah, the redemption ending. Instead of uh, uh, having that final duel, the final duel is actually the Mex- Mexican showdown between uh, Salas, uh, the Sundance Kid... Uh, Butch Cassidy yeah, and Butch, Ca- Butch Cassidy. I, I, I blank for some reason because yeah, uh, but uh, that's the last duel instead of the one against your nemesis, you know, Bob. Yeah, uh, which honestly feels a little bit better theme wise as well. But uh, instead of handing him a gun to you know, force him to duel, you give him back the coin and saying uh, and repeated the line, uh, "Don't say I never left with nothing." Uh, talk to a couple of the characters about not letting uh, your past haunt you and uh, letting go of vengeance, particularly to Dwight. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it would be something like that. Something that's, you know, a, uh, a redemption yeah. arc. You know, he probably gives a speech or something. Uh, not a terribly long one. He has a few lines, but that's about it. It's not any, really, any longer than the... Uh, Final cutscene of uh, the revenge ending. Yeah, the the revenge ending. There's a lot of the. Who's the voice actor for Silas? That dude fucking like nails it. He is so good at one playing sort of the gravelly cowboy when he needs to, but then he can really get deep and like show remorse and get into sort of his fury. John Saigon. John Saigon. That uh, speech he gives, at least for the revenge arc, or not not exactly speech, but sort of the, like the build up to the duel. Like you can hear the malice and the hatred like dripping from those voice lines. Like, dude's a good voice actor. Yeah, I'm looking, find... at, I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and he has a lot of like secondary roles, uh, but nothing. Uh, Outside of, you know, like, movies. Because he was in Toy Story, because of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Kingdoms of Anlor, Re-Reckoning, as Argath. Argrath? Uh, he's in Red Dead Redemption 2. There you go, right? The local pedestrian population. <laughs> you just all Despic- of them. Despicable Me 3, Additional Voices, Final Fantasy 15. Additional voices, additional voices. Hey, you need what's who's he needs another character role. <laughs> like another like I'm gonna have to get some money and like fund this guy to do a project for Uh-oh. me. <laughs> well, it's gonna be a little tough because he's kinda dead. Is he is he really dead? Uh May thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Well, shit. I'll get the Thought shovel. Sixty three. Yep, let's go dig him up. Does explain why, you know, uh, he kind of stopped doing stuff a few years ago, huh? Yeah. And also, you know, that age is a little fitting uh, for the character, huh? Oh, apparently he was... Okay, so Culver is the cartel. He played somebody called Michael Duke. I don't know what character that is, but... Dead Island, he played Dr. West. Farron for Lord of the Rings, War in the North. Oh, he played Leo in The Darkness. Colonel Barnsby and Colivora's Bound in Blood. Okay. Yeah, and, and, so uh, he's got some games yeah, that I'm going to have to go... Yeah, allow me to say go uh, uh, fuck cancer. Right. Because that's what uh, got him. 
Oh my fucking god, he's Candorous Ordo from Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the Mandalore. He's the Mandalorian in that in that in that game. Ah. That's amazing. I always liked Candorous. I had no idea like I always liked his voice. I always thought he had a good voice actor. I had no idea. Him and, and Cartho Nassi in that game, both excellent voice actors. Well, I'm gonna have to like go watch some YouTube videos or play some old games or something, like sweet okay yeah he was also a couple of characters in destroy all humans i mean he had a lot of supporting roles but it seemed like he never was uh, the central character outside of you know this yeah uh, for voice work that is a real sh- damn shame huh yeah he was a serious vocal talent okay um, and fucking haunting when he sang that. Whew. Oh, yes. Jesus. Um, very reminiscent. I don't I don't know if he was inspired by this, but very reminiscent of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? When they mm-hmm. sing that song. Yeah. Near the end of the movie. Uh, especially since uh, the the part of the level, you know, you're facing down this rock slide as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? We've barely talked about the gameplay mechanics. I mean, it is a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. It's got solid mechanics. Um, yeah, it is a bit on the more simplistic side. You know, you only have a handful of weapons. You could, if, assuming that you unlocked it in skills, you could dual-wield revolvers. You have either a pistol. Well, uh, pistols are pretty much always there. There's a couple different ones that you could unlock through skills and such. Uh, there's a rifle, a shotgun, and a sawed-off shotgun with various benefits and, uh, uh, you know, uh, detriments. Yep, and you also have dynamite you can throw. Because mm-hmm. it's the Old West. And then there's, you know, you've got a, a standard melee attack if you need it, but I almost never used it. I, I never used it in my second playthrough, or, you know, this playthrough, I guess I should say, which is, like, I think the third. Yeah. But, um... The like like we said, you know, at the beginning, like the RPG light mechanics are mostly just little boosts, like you can reload faster or you get a little bit of sort of bullet time whenever you go to aim. Yeah, that's or... what we didn't talk about is the kind of the bullet time. There's uh two uh main of uh, things. There's uh, a bullet time that they call uh I blink, I think it is. Where uh, as you kill enemies you charge it up. And then you could use it for a bullet time-like effect. Uh, and it also highlights characters, which that is one detriment, is that characters can blend in rather easily, but it's also Old West, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it highlights characters, and it allows you to you know, aim, uh, uh, get shots uh, on them pretty easily, and it also gives a bonus, skill, uh, bonus points, which uh, translates into, you know, uh, better score, which uh, is more uh, XP if you're not maxed out like I was. Uh, but it also allows you to chain together kills a lot easier, which also boosts up your uh, scores and uh, really good for the arcade mode. And then there's the cheat death mechanic, which pops up a few times in the story as narrative as well, where if it's not a boss or a uh, a a uh, 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 just a straight out kill or a, uh, a Gatling gun. Uh, you have a chance to dodge out of the way of a bullet 
uh, that would otherwise kill you. And with the proper skills, it gives you an automatic shot against uh, whoever did that. But it's also used to as a way out of a failed quick time event, which is a nice touch. Yeah. Because there's quite a few times that you'll suddenly be like surrounded or somebody jump out. You'll get a reflex shot on them. Uh, press uh, WASD. If you hit the wrong one, they'll get a shot off and you can dodge it and then shoot them back uh, to yeah. use that mechanic. And, which, like I said, it's nice to see them use quick time events, but also not make it an automatic lose situation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's the dueling mechanics, which are, eh, they're okay. I mean, they're essentially boss fights, but it's uh, there's a few boss fights that uh, don't take place in the duel, but they're few and far between. Yeah, like there's one where that um, you're chucking dynamite at like this little cabin thing. Yeah, and you have to like blow that up with an- enough dynamite. Yeah, um, enough to knock it off the hillside, and then the, one of the characters pipes up saying, "I know for sure uh, that guy's given tours of the, the family farm out in Montana." <laughs> well, I never said he died. He just went off. I the never mountain. said the fall killed him. <laughs> yeah oh. but it's um yeah the, the 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 dueling mechanics are you know you kind of already described them i did it, it gets old i don't i don't really care all that much for the duels i think that they should have been even fewer and far between because they kind of for the most part mark off the end of a chapter you have a duel yeah. with the guy you've been chasing um n- not every chapter but most of them and Two after two or three, I was kind of done. the The Mexican standoff one was interesting, just because they added that extra mechanic of like having to watch both of the other guys. And yeah, and also your fo- both. Yeah, your focus had to bounce back and forth as well because, right? Yeah, that was interesting, but I think that would have also gotten old after a couple more. So that's really the only part of the game that for me kind of overstated. Yeah, welcome. I would. Like the combat I would agree is on that one. Uh, the, the combat itself, in general, is is good enough. Like the focus of this is the story and the storytelling mechanics, but the combat is good, and at at worst, it sort of just blends in well. But there are moments where it stands out, especially where you do some cool stuff, like uh, you know, you dive off of something and um, you know, shoot four guys in the head in sort of a pseudo quick time event, but it <laughs> integrates really well, so it doesn't feel super quick timey. Like especially not in the ways that it does, where it's like you go into focus mode or whatever, and it's like you press, you know, W, A, S, and D to shoot the guys um, before they, you know, shoot you, or you could sort of fail the event and have to go back to fighting normally. <laughs> um, sort of the, like, like the, the one that sticks out of my mind the most is the mine, whenever you jump out after the explosion down into, like, the lake or whatever. Like, you can shoot, you don't have to, but you can shoot, like, five or six guys on your way down um, as part of that sort of quick time quick timey esque event. Uh and it it feels really well integrated in. So anyways. Yeah. Uh combat, you know, it, at the very least one thumbs up, uh at sort of its worst. It does not interfere with the game. Uh, how about this? It does nothing uh, egregious, which for first person shooters that's kind of a a bonus on its own these days, right? Right. Uh, there's, so yeah, uh, uh, combat-wise, there's nothing that really stands out. It's all on the narrative side of things is where this game is extraordinary. Yes, it's I, it's man. it's a it's a pretty standard first-person shooter, 
wrapped in an absolutely amazing story and a great narration device that yeah. I wish was stolen. I, yeah. I wish we saw more of this. Absolutely. I want to see more of this. I want to find more games like this. I love it. Um, I don't... I don't think I have much else, if anything, to say about it. I mean, I'm going to let it marinate for a while, and then I want to give it a second playthrough, because it is the perfect length for that, like five and a half, six hours. Like mm-hmm. it, it does the story sort of build up, and then sort of, you know, um, after your uh, sort of the peak of your second act, like it really like, whoosh, like brings you in for a swift landing. Like it does it perfectly. I, I could, I think I could see how someone might feel it was a little bit rushed at the very end, but I think that's the point. That's the thing. Like, I think it's doing it on purpose as a narrative Well, there's also device. a long time skip because the game takes place over, what, like 20, 30 years? Yeah, 30, something like 30 years. So I definitely see how there would have been room for more, but it's also hitting the highlights and it's meant to, you know, kind of you know, mess with this one character as well. Yeah, is that, the, and this story more is directed toward this one particular character trying to make them blink to one see uh, what type of person they are and, and how they became uh, came out, but also to you know see if that actually is who I think it is. Yeah, and the storytelling aspect is supposed to take place over like you know an afternoon. Like a guy wanders into a saloon and sits down and has a few drinks and tells you know a, a big story. So. It makes sense that it's like, you know, whenever you're you're bringing it in for a landing on your story, you're going to kind of speed through the ending part to make your point, so yeah. to speak. So good. This is definitely going to wind up on a couple of things for me on the VGL Awards. <laughs> and we'll see how the last few Game Club games of the year go. Um, this has been a weird year for Game Club anyways. Like, we've had much fewer than normal just because of like, uh, issues. I blame myself. Earlier. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, there have been... A, a couple of decent games in here, like a normal Lost Phone slash, you know, another Lost Phone. Like, th- mm-hmm. that gaming pair was really, really good. And I really liked it and felt moved by it in some ways. And this is a different sort of movement. Like, that one, th- you know, that pair, the the Lost Phone, you know, pair, sort of touched me in a very, like, it's very sincere and very meaningful. Sort of like how you used to touch me? Yes. Wink. Um, you know, and so it, they, you know, stand out in my mind for this year as well. But this is like a beautiful historical sort of myth telling, you know, myth telling and myth making of the old West. And it's, it's beautiful and touching in a, in a altogether different way. Like, so it's still been, I think overall, like a pretty solid year for the game clubs that we've had. So, you know, but I, I do think this is going to win a couple things for me in this year's VGL Awards. What about you? You got any final thoughts or anything? Oh, I mean, I think I've pretty much already said uh, uh, what I wish because yeah, I didn't go into this game blind. I played this one a couple times already, so uh, kind of while I was pushing it, honestly, kind of from the start of Game Club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but it's also... Uh, it has this weird kind of bounce of making you feel powerful, but also making you feel overwhelmed because it feels at times like one of those old light gun games where, you know, it's the entire 
bandit encampment coming down on you. Uh, but at the same time, with how the game kind of fudges things and, uh, you know, lets you get out of what uh, what should have been, you know, a deadly situation, it makes you feel absolutely incredible. But wrapped up in this narrative of revenge story, but maybe not. Yeah. And I absolutely love that uh, uh, bank mission where... <laughs> uh, and there's one where you're going in with just guns a blazing in the front door. Another one where uh, you're sneaking in, and it just oh, I, I wish uh, everybody could play this game. Although yeah. I know it's definitely not for everyone, especially if you don't like first person shooters. Uh, even on its lowest difficulty, uh, it can be a bit much if you're not a. Uh, a pretty quick shot because they do throw a lot of enemies at you and there's only so much that the game will let you fudge. Yeah. Which is probably a little bit of a detriment. But overall, well worth it and a real standout for Game Club, uh, especially this year. Yeah, absolutely. I love this game. Full (laughs) two thumbs up. uh, Hardcore recommend. Great game. Um, Love it. I would also recommend, as because playing this game made me think of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I mentioned this to you earlier, Rage. Yeah. But anyone who's listening, it's on Netflix. It's a sort of a little anthology series they created. It's six short stories um, that are put together in like a ninety-minute package. the The titular Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the first story that is that is told, and it is the one that most closely resembles the idea of what this is, sort of the mythology of the Old West with a character who's a little bit sort of, you know, bombastic and outlandish, but in a, in, in a different way to, to Silas. Um, but uh, it, it does, it, it does the film thing of like breaking the fourth wall and stuff, but it's, it's neat. It, it made me think of it. So also it was like a little aside, like if you've never seen it, go watch the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, at least the first story, uh, which is the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. The others get honestly much darker <laughs> And much more sad as it dives into sort of the start. It starts off as very fanciful and then gets like darker and darker as it gets more towards like the nitty gritty, like realism of day to day people living in the old West. The final story is a little bit fanciful as well, but it also is super fucking like creepy. So anyways, yeah. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Little, little slight addendum recommend in there at the end um, of Culvoy's Gunslinger. Yeah, and I guess it, uh, with how fanciful and how crazy things get, especially in the last third, it reminded me of Brisker County Jr. Uh, completely different uh, way it takes its tone. Uh, very light, very comical. Uh, but also there's a lot of, you know, winks to, you know, breaking the fourth wall and uh, the future of where things would go for certain things, but there's... Uh, a sci-fi element to it as well. It's uh, it's a really good show that shame it didn't get more than one season, but eh, that's that's Bruce Campbell for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Um. So that was that was our September game club. Our October game club going into Spoopy Month. Yeah, to Spook Timber. <laughs> right. Uh, we are going to be playing Darkest Dungeon. 
Um, this is one that has also been on the list for a while, and we've passed over it a couple of years uh, for for October uh, for other games. Uh, like Alan Wake, what, three times? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to this. I think I was the one who put Darkest Dungeon on the list a few years ago. Um, or if you put it on there, I've, I've lobbied hard for it a couple of times. And so now it's, it's finally Darkest Dungeon's time to be drab and dreary and depressing. So let's see. The next game club is four weeks, October the 26th. So anyone who is listening and wants to play, you got four weeks to do it. Um, Darkest Dungeon is also a game that. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get through. It goes this on one. sale pretty frequently. I mean, to be honest, right? Yeah, um, we'll see. I'm gonna. This is gonna be a game since it's turn based. I'm gonna install it on my laptop to have to play at work. That's probably the primary way I will be playing it over the next few weeks. Yeah, Darkest Dungeon. So, ready to move on to our news topics for the week? Uh, let's do it. Well, by the way, we spent um. About 50 to 55 minutes talking about... Well, also, we didn't have games we played, so that makes the episode a lot shorter than usual. Right. But just, you know, we we said we figured we'd talk about it for a while, and we did, so we were right this time. Woo. It'll probably get crunched down a little bit in the edit, just, like, removing ex- excess silence and stuff, but still, good, good solid discussion. Um... Okay, yawn. Oh, there's the yawn. Um... Our first news topic of the night, uh, Marvel's Avengers is coming to Game Pass this month. Just a very short <laughs> right. point and laugh. It's it's almost the right price, because I still have to pay for a Game Pass membership. Well, technically but, I'm not, because, well, I bought in for $1 for like three months, and I have Microsoft reward points for another three-ish months, so... Before, you know, maybe they'll give me another dollar for three months. Uh, yeah. From what I've uh, seen people talking about on uh, it going on Game Pass, it's the right price if you want to play the single player stuff, but don't bother with any of the multiplayer stuff because it's just lousy with microtransactions and such as well. It, it still feels like Saturday Night Live uh, Avengers, though, because, you know... Uh, I, and this is as a somebody that's not a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's a set picture in my mind for all these characters as somebody that just casually seen a few of these movies. So seeing you know someone that doesn't really even look like that uh, actor, let alone the voice, it feels weird. Yeah. I want to play the single player component of this uh, as a big Marvel fan, both from comics and the animated series and the MCU. But just like from everything I've heard and read and seen on this game over the the last year, year and a half is like, it's just like mediocre. And there's so many games that I want to play that are probably good games or that are games that I know nothing about. It could be. Or, or just continue to play Stormwater. But, you know, there's all of these games that I could be playing, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to play just, like, a middling Marvel game. Sort of like how, you know, Fallout 76, it's been on Game Pass for a couple months now. I still haven't bothered with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew I was never going to play Fallout 76. 
Although it does sound like they are inching closer to an actual Fallout game. Well, that's good. There's maybe a few more expansions they'll actually uh, uh, get to a watered-down Fallout game. Oh, wait, they already released that. It's called Fallout 4. (laughs) (laughs) You know what game I'm going to be playing soon? Sonic fucking Adventures 2. Talking about games that I'm going to be playing. I I was scrolling through. I, I bought Sonic Adventure DX and Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, they were like collectively like two bucks on Steam on a sale over the weekend. I played uh, those games th- in my youth. Th- this is weird. Okay, so I- I'm not joking. Uh, I'll uh, queue up just a bunch of YouTube videos to watch throughout the day as I poke around in the computer. Pause. Go do uh, some housework. Come back. And one of them was Pro Jared talking about Sonic Adventures two. Today, <laughs> well, I'm not there joking. You go. So now we have amateur Jared playing Sonic Adventures too, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I played Sonic Adventures two in like I don't know middle school maybe or it was on Game. I don't remember. That would have been the early 2000s on GameCube. So like late elementary, early middle school, depending on the exact time frame, like. I just remember having the little, like, chow guys that you raised, and from the first level, like, rolling around at the speed of sound. That's been stuck in my head for two decades now. Oh, I I so want to link you that video, but at the same time, it may discourage you. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, I don't don't have anything else to say other than Marvel's Avengers probably, you know, kind of sucks, and I'm probably never going to play it, even though it's going to be, quote, unquote, free on Game Pass. But, you know, it's more of a just kind of chuckle because, yeah, we don't have a whipping boy right now. So, yeah. And eh, what the hell? I'll I'll link you this one of his older ones. But, eh. yeah, I will watch this probably tomorrow at work. And I'm not joking. I've watched that today. (laughs) Sometimes it's funny how the universe lines up. It's a small world after all. Yeah, don't sing that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'd rather listen to Silas Greaves creep me out. Okay. Um. So yeah, our, our next news topic, or maybe our first real news topic. Uh, China bans live streaming by children under the age of 16. Oh boy, right? Yeah. China just still doing stuff. China's cracking down. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the only one. There's also a site that they're uh, testing out that uh, allows you to, or allows Chinese citizens to report games that aren't complying to their, honestly, going a little bit insane restrictions. Oh, and also that three hours of game time. It's also now single player uh, stuff as well, because of course it is. Uh, there's somewhere some Chinese official got in an argument with his kid. That's high up in the government. It has to be. There's some sort of catalyst here for this hard 180. We don't know where yeah. it is. We don't. We probably won't ever know where it is. But things are getting crazy. Yeah. The actual core thing, banning live streaming by children under the age of 16... I kind of have mixed feelings about. Like, 
as 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 a therapist and someone who has studied you know child psychology and things like that it's a really stup- it it seems to me like a really dubious proposition to put younger children on streaming platforms um you know even like early teens just because of how influential and hormonal and like you know all of that stuff like that seems like a breeding ground for probable abuse being directed at these kids but my second thought is like okay that seems like the likely outcome now let's study it and see if that's actually the case or does it actually you know have some socialization benefits or other things um because generally speaking gaming does have more benefits than it does drawbacks for kids um you know socializing and building motor skills and learning and you know etc like there tend to be way more benefits than there are issues or even potential issues so you know sort of my knee-jerk reaction is like eh, you know i don't like the way that china did it but i kind of agree that like kids shouldn't be streaming but then like the rational brain part of me is like well we should study it before we do anything and we haven't studied this so it's like it's really that this is also rolled into part of their yo no effeminate uh men no uh uh um no uh gay couples in uh games anymore Uh, yeah uh, it's just it's a little it's part of it's that one possibly maybe semi-rational part of an absolute insane crazy package yeah if this existed in a vacuum i might be like okay i could i can see where you're going with that uh, it's more complicated, but I can see where you're going. And then I probably wouldn't really think anything else about it. But yeah, this is like, I don't know, the palatable rotten cherry on top of like a shit Sunday. Actually, I would say the palatable one would be the fact that uh, uh, game uh, publishers have to limit uh, the amount of money a miner could uh, uh, spend in a game. Uh, mind you, we don't know exactly the wording of this because this is all like translated sources of a third party source. So we don't know exactly how this is worded or how this goes down. But according to, you know, at least the game industry dot biz, uh, for an eight to 15 year old, it's 200 yuans, which is just north of 30 bucks, which sounds like a lot, but, uh, for a month, you know, uh, especially for, a free-to-play game that's actually not a lot especially if it's the only thing that that kid plays right yeah and mind you this is possibly limited to the account itself and not uh, a parent giving money to the kid to spend because right yeah there's a lot of craziness going on in this I, I i would still love to know the catalyst of this because you know, there's somewhere that, you know, it's like a, a Chinese official uh, had their kids spend too much uh, money on, like, Victory Fowl or something, right? Yeah. Their uh, knockoff version of Fortnite or whatever the hell it is. Or maybe Roblox. Maybe uh, Roblox got to them. Right, yeah. I can't think of a funny one for Roblox, though. Because I came up with, or I said, uh... Oh, oh, I said, what was it? Castle Day earlier or yeah. something like that? When we were talking about this before the show. 
But yeah. Or or it could be I, like 40 night or something because, right? For, yeah, 40 night. Or let's be real here. China historically like ignores lawsuits filed against them from outside the country. So they would just call it Fortnite and, you know, tell Epic to fuck off. Which, you know. Well, funny. Yeah, right. If, you, if you're going to be fucking around and finding out with all this other stuff, China, like, just go ahead. Just make your own Fortnite. You know, call with it Blackjack Fortnite. and hookers? Yeah, and tell tell Epic to fuck off. Like you know, since we're just since we're fucking around and finding out, let's let's do it with this too. Might as well, right? Fuck fuck Epic, by the way. Fuck Epic Games. <laughs> well, that would be a nice uh, transition to the next one. It it would be. We could change the topic list around. We we're the one who is in charge <laughs> of this. Do you want to do that? You want to swap uh, the topics list? Yeah, around? sure. Let's go. Uh, let's swap the topics list around. So All speaking right. of fuck Epic Games. Apple's uh, all on that one by yep. saying, Looks hey, like- you're not allowed on the uh, App Store just yet because we still are technically in litigation. Which anybody that thought this wasn't going to happen is a either a fucking fool or far too up Epic's ass. Yep. Big old Epic fanboy. Or fangirl. I mean, this is Apple's uh, uh, you know, ball field. They get to say who plays, right? Yep. Now, do I think it's right that they have it locked down like this? Not really, but it's still funny. It's funny. It's funny to watch multi-billion dollar multinational corporations slap fight each other. Now, it's not funny whenever they start to get their fans uh, 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 militarized because both sides have some weird fucking fanatics. I mean, start to get a little off into yeah, Crazyville. Yeah. Of course, you would know all about Crazyville. I do. I know all about Crazy Town. It's an interesting place to go to. But yeah, I, I just, it's, you know, I think we talked about this last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, whenever we covered, I think it was last week, whenever we covered the lawsuit, like, mm-hmm. quote unquote, ending, at least yeah. for now, and we'll see what goes on. In, yeah, you know, yeah, with and appeals and everything. I mean, we didn't expect them to come back, at least immediately. Honestly, especially if Apple loses in the long run, and they're not forced to allow uh, Epic back onto the store, I honestly see them just saying, you're not allowed. You broke contract. Yep. We're not being petty and vindictive. You broke contract. But they should totally be petty and vindictive towards Epic. <laughs> fuck Epic. Fuck Apple, too, for good measure. And yeah. Microsoft and Google. Like, just fuck them all. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, Android is more open, so you can still sideload stuff. Yeah. If something's taken off the App Store, it's not that difficult to load something onto a phone. Apple, on the other hand, you have to jailbreak it, and you know, which uh, leads to its own problems. Uh, and then uh, start to try to get something onto it, which good luck, right? Yeah, good luck. And depending on the bottle and uh, 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 such, it may not even have an exploit TGL brick it yet. But yeah, whenever whenever I saw this, uh, whenever we were doing the show notes and I saw it for the first time, I had a, I had a good little chuckle. Just like, yeah, serves you right. Mm-hmm. Take solace in this one small victory. That's I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, yeah, we we need our moments of just yeah you know, uh, evil chuckle. 
I mean, to be fair, we had one with uh, Avengers and, uh, or sorry, Diet, Diet Soda Avengers, and now we have <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the uh, 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 kind of the flavor, but none of the calories of the real Avengers. But unfortunately, nasty aftertaste. But that's the monetization for you. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's a lot funnier because you're tired. And yes, that's that's pretty much a constant state of being for me, though, is tired. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I have anything else to say. Uh, not, not really. I mean, it's, I already it's, said it all with pretty, fuck epic. Yeah, pretty damn much, honestly. Uh, don't worry. I'm I'm sure the iPhone, what, like 76, they'll uh, finally let them back on, right? Yeah. Maybe. So, um, Twitch. Indeed. Finally doing something uh, about those hate rates. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Twitch reportedly launching new security tools to combat hate raid. Or hate rating. So, this is a leak from a tweet that's uh, from a uh, journalist that uh, covers streamer stories, so no idea if this is true or not, because, right? Yeah. And there's no actual verification from Twitch as far as I've seen. So, yeah. Uh, it's a couple of screenshots that show a... Uh, a set of tools for uh, originally in German, but then translated into English that locks down uh, chat based on verified accounts, which uh, the, uh, the entire thing about these hate raids is that they're a bunch of bots with unverified uh, uh, accounts that just dogpile whoever they're you know, hating on because, right? So yeah. it has both... Uh, Email and uh, uh, phone verification where uh, if somebody does have voice verification, uh, they'll not uh, be allowed or, or, or with uh, a phone uh, number on their account, they're not allowed at all. Or if they uh, don't have a phone number, if their account's older than a certain amount of time. And same with email. If uh, you can allow anybody that ha- that has a, uh, a verified email. Uh, you can allow uh, anybody that doesn't have a verified email or somewhere in between where it's an older account or someone that's also an uh, old account but also have vo- followed you for a certain amount of time. But you could also uh, suspend it for you know, subscribers or VIPs or moderators. Well, they're still able to chat, never mind the fact that they may not follow these settings. So if this is true, and this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, comes to fruition. This would do something to take some of the wind out of uh, uh, the hate raids. I mean, it still sucks that it has to be locked down because, you know, uh, Twitch can't, you know, keep all the bots off and uh, all the hate swarms, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is... The bare minimum set of tools, though, that should have existed in yeah. Twitch a few years maybe ago, maybe not necessarily day one, but yeah, at least a few years ago. Like, this seems so easy, like just some more comprehensive filters to block people from chatting. Because even before hate raids, like 
you know, botting and using utilizing new accounts to go harass people. Like, that's not a new thing on the internet. That has existed for... Uh, uh, since, like, day two now. of three, the internet? Yeah, like, day two of the internet. You know, three decades or yeah, something Yeah, day like one like, uh, was uh, them uh, trying to buy weed from another uh, college. <laughs> that's actually a thing. Uh, that was one of the first transactions was uh, uh, illicit drugs, if not the first. Nice. If uh, my history is correct. Or, you know, I could just be going with Silas Greaves and misremembering uh, plus legend and right. Right. Some myth making, some internet myth making, the Wild West days of the internet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, these look like some some useful tools that could have a, a significantly meaningful impact on a huge amount of the ways that, you know, these hate raids are being conducted. But at the same time, I'm like, why take until now to do something that seems so obvious? Like, this isn't even like an obvious in hindsight thing. I have been seeing Twitch streamers complain for years about a lack of tools to filter their chat and keep spammers out. So, I don't know. Better late than never, I guess? Mm -hmm. I mean, I almost said credit where credit's due, but no, fuck Twitch. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Once you get past a certain point... It's you start being uh, or uh, being innovative isn't as necessary as being reactionary. Yeah, and Twitch seems willfully yeah. ignorant in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if willful ignorance or malicious is you know worse for them at this point, but it's one of the two. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are good looks. And also, I gotta admit that. Uh, the idea of the raid function, they should have seen that immediately as uh, being able to be just dogpile someone. Yeah. Uh, especially once they brought in the more minority tags for uh, different channels, right? Yeah. But hey, who would have foreseen somebody being uh, assholes to one another on the internet, especially whenever they're uh, semi anonymous, right? Yep. Yep. I never have never seen or heard of that happening before. I am in shock and awe. Yeah, I am no. shocked. Shocked that there's people being uh, uh, assholes on the internet. Anyway, that Trump, he's a real asshole, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. By the, the as the only definer as being an asshole, I fall into that category. So... Well, uh, yeah, Twitch being <laughs> yeah. being lazy. Yeah, being pretty lazy. much. I mean, it, that's the thing, right? Yep. So uh, about time, but should have been, you know, right? Should have been years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Let's uh let's head over to our community corner where we got a tweet. Yeah. Hey, Twitter actually works. How about that? Yay! We got a tweet that linked us over to a, cha- a change.org petition. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is anything official or if this is something that's just making the rounds. Yeah. Um. So following sort of everything, and I haven't seen this anywhere else. I So either I missed the news or it's not something that has made like big headlines somewhere. But Yeah, I actually um, need to check this because, I mean... 
I'm not seeing any news on this. Which could just be it's under the radar. Or it could be... That's the thing, is that we don't know uh, the person that did this. This is a, a Twitter follower. Or, uh, or somebody that retweeted our last episode. And then uh, replied with this, so... So be. I just dropped a second link that goes to where in the change.org petition they're saying um, that like this had been uh, – hang on. What is it that they said? Let me just go there and read it. It has come to our attention via Vice, and that's a link to the, that I just dropped, that there might be company-wide, lay, or company-wide plans to lay off or retaliate against Activision Blizzard workers who – and it lists off a bunch of stuff – basically – participated in the lawsuit or seeking to use unionize participated mm-hmm. in the walkout last month and you know etc um yeah, this is from, Blizzard, uh, manuel romero by the way yeah hello um but anyways it says if activision blizzard activision king or blizzard executes a layoff for firing of these individuals i the undersigned shall immediately cancel my world of warcraft subscription or any activision blizzard king subscription or cancel any pending pre-order or not purchase upcoming Activision Blizzard King video games or services. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I've kind of already been taking part of this in the last what decade. Yeah, same. We also will be vocal online about why we do so. Reach out to the press and your top stockholders. Um, you must immediately terminate Wilmer Hale. Any retaliation plans and allow workers to unionize if they seek so. Only then maybe it would be worth claiming to set an example of video games industry concerning discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment. So, it, I mean, it's a good idea. It has not gotten any traction. That's probably why it's not shown up on the Which news. Which, that's it's the, only got- uh, the union-busting uh, uh, law firm that they uh, hired. Yeah. As of recording, only 226 people have signed this petition. Which is kind of sad, huh? But it's also, like I said... I've seen no news about this at all. Same. Do question. Do change.org petitions actually wind up ever doing anything? Sometimes. Sometimes. So, okay. Sometimes there's a comment or a, or apology.jpg. <laughs> I'm I'm like I hope I don't sound like I'm being pedantic or whatever. Like I'm genuinely like I've never really paid attention to whether or not they actually get anything done. And it looks like it's been going on for a couple of weeks to, because some of the, the two comments on here, uh, it's from two weeks ago. And one saying that's illegal for him to do so anyway. So, right? So this could be just kind of a feel-good petition anyway, possibly. But, you know, depending on the state and, you know, the contracts, you know, they could just, you know, say anything, really. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, even though it's illegal, like, so what? Like, yeah, I mean, these companies engage in illegal activity all the time. I mean, honestly, the fines are more of a cost of business than actual deterrent. Yeah. Let's be perfectly honest, right? Yep. So, yeah, that was, uh, that's a petition. If you want to go sign it, there's a link Uh, in the show notes where you can. Yep, in the show notes. But like you said, like we both said, like we have been participating in this uh, petition for years. Mm-hmm. You longer than I have. I think the last thing I had a renewed subscription to WoW briefly. 
two or three years ago. Yeah, but that's because you know, of your for, like, mother. Two months. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I haven't. I don't have any. Hey, if you show your mom this, this she might buy your subscription. She might. <laughs> she might. But yeah, I haven't. Uh, you know, I haven't played or subscribed to anything from Activision Blizzard in a long time. But yeah. Uh, that's it for our news topics this week. Um, yeah, if you wish Rage, to, how can well, they get yeah, in contact with if you us? To send us something, you do so VGL podcast on Twitter, like uh, Manuel Romero, I believe it was, uh, did. Uh, you could drop it by the Discord, uh, which you can find over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. Or you could also email us vglpodcast at gmail.com. Indeed. So, do you feel up to a doobly-doo? I feel up to sleep. I might could get through a doobly-doo, but I've been yawning for a while now, so... Okay, well, we, you... well, well, we could uh, put it off until next week. Let you uh, go to bed at a reasonable hour, for once. Right, try to, anyways. Uh, just have the dog sit on your head all night? Oh, yeah, she's in there barking at something right now. Oh, that's the invisible demons. That's the same one that the cat <laughs> stares at. Very very visible to her. And and the cat as well. Like they know. The animals know. Um, so yeah. Hey Rage. You you told them where they could get into contact with us in some places, but why don't you hit them with the rest of the socials? Well, I've been caffeine rage. You could uh see me tweet about usually food or some uh some sort of cooking project over at Gaming OCR. Or if you wish to be my friend, you could do so on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me over on the YouTubes by searching for such. On Twitter, at JMA4707. You can also find me participating in a Vampire the Masquerade weekly live stream at twitch.tv slash runicarts. Yeah, Jared, uh, every the Wednesday Jared night. Eats Baby stream. Yeah, Jared's going to face some consequences for his bad actions coming up soon. I got summoned to Fay Court. Uh-oh. Technically, our entire group got summoned to Fay Court, but it was made very clear that my character's actions were the main reason we were summoned to Fay Court. So, I'm going to uh, have to defend myself legally for all of the atrocities I've committed and d- discrimination against the Fay. Um... So yeah, I I, I, I know that it's a serious thing, but um, my mind immediately went to the uh, to the comic series uh, or uh, comedy series Night Court. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna do some legal some legal drama. Uh, legal Eagle was mentioned several times uh, during the process of finding out we had been summoned to court. <laughs> so. I'm going to have to postpone my next few, like, atrocities, because we're the date that we're going to court was supposed to be the date that I was having, like, a meeting with the town mayor, and I was I was about to do some atrocities to her. <laughs> so, that's going to be postponed. Um, we'll see about other atrocities, whether or not they are postponed. But anyways. Uh, so, so, the Jared gets his just desserts uh, stream. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm going to try to figure out how to, like, consume, a, like, a fairy creature. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know if that'll be possible or if I'll be allowed to even get away with that. But if I can, I'm going to do it. Well, just hope uh, they don't struggle too much because I imagine the wings would probably take on the way down. There was uh, 
I decided that my character was going to be prejudiced against like magical creatures. And so he's like racist against fairies and goblins and like other folkloric creatures. So, and I, I like, I, I have brutally murdered them. Uh, I made some very lewd comments about, uh, like a little fairy creature that showed up, like comparing her to like Tinkerbell and stuff. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, you know, this is, I couldn't really argue. I, like, yeah, I've been like a really bad, really bad character. But that's kind of the character I set out to play. So mission accomplished, I guess? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We'll see how how fairy court goes. Uh, which I imagine that there's going to be so many uh, comments about it being fairy court, right? Yes, it's going to be fun though. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm going to be boning up on my legal defense strategies <laughs> beforehand. Allegedly, that, that's going to be that's going to be if everything goes you know according to plan. Which let's be real, it never does. So it'll probably take longer. But that's supposed to be in two sessions so we have like one session where we all get to discuss our legal defense and plan and then the next session we go to court allegedly allegedly so yeah but anyway anyways that was all the places you could find me i said them all uh once again if you wish to contact us you could do so mutual podcast with your lawyers voicemails game related topics or tweet them to us mutual podcast or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com, which also hosts the RSS feed, the show notes to all our stuff, uh, and all our sources for the podcast. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. You can do so. Uh, you can find out more over at patreon.com slash vglpodcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at incomputech.com. And, and as always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye now. See ya. Bye.